Jesus, we just thank you so much. Thank you for um, this day that we can gather together as a spiritual family, Lord. Um, we just ask that your name would be glorified, God, and that you would um, help us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Um, so, real quick. So, for those of you guys that are, this is maybe your first service with us or you're newer to FHL. Um, the Wands, specifically Mama Wands family, have a very strong heritage spiritually, um, but also in the nation, like specifically in the nation of Taiwan. So Priscilla's grandfather, um, or Mama Wands' dad, planted multiple churches in Taiwan and in the U.S., um, some of which are still like alive and well today. Um, and so we kind of used their church in southern Taiwan as our home base and our um, they had their family and FHL consequently had done missions trips to Taiwan for many summers for um, several years ongoing and then we took a little bit of a break to start doing pilgrimages to Israel and we shifted gears for a season and seven years later um, you know and post COVID we're now trying to kind of shift back into turning our focus to missions in uh, Taiwan and Asia specifically um, so. Uh, four of us, Mama Wan, Priscilla, Joseph, and myself went to kind of pioneer um, a mission trip to see, hey, can we bring a team of friends back with us in the future um, to kind of go and strengthen the houses of prayer over in Taiwan. Um, but what that required of us is just kind of connecting with people and just seeing what the Lord was already doing in Taiwan um, and getting to know um, some of the believers over there and the local churches. So um, we had the privilege of visiting several houses of prayer. Can I um, you can go to the next slide. So here's a little uh, map of Taiwan for those of you that uh, don't know. China's kind of off over in that direction, and Japan is that way. Um, but Taiwan is really not very big. What state would you say is comparable to Taiwan? Okay. Okay, so it's really not a big nation. It's very, itty, it's itty-bitty. Um, so you can travel it from head to toe in a day. Um, but we spent a lot of time in different cities. You can see all the way at the top is Taipei and then um, Tainan down towards the bottom and Kaohsiung, which is blocked by my coffee spots I saved. Um, but that, so those were like some of the main areas that we... Yeah, so like from Cleveland to Cincinnati, we um, got to visit and see a lot of different churches and missionaries and houses of prayer that are over there. Okay. And here's, um, so here's some pictures. Uh, this is Priscilla preaching in one of the churches that her grandfather planted. And for those of you guys that remember Samuel's dad, his English name, I, I've been told, is Joey, which I find very amusing. But that's Samuel, his son. So he was just here last Sunday with us. Can you go to the next one? It's, there we go. There's, and there's Joseph and Mama Juan preaching also in the same congregation on a different Sunday. Jeff, can you keep going? This isn't working. Thank you. Um, this is Kaohsiung House of Prayer. So you can't quite... S you can go to the next one. So this is a house of prayer in Kaohsiung. Um, 
There's a girl up there who's leading a devotional set. She's one of their staff members, but you can't see too well from the picture, but that's not like, like the view behind them is amazing. They're literally like on the tip top of the city. Um, The Lord has given them like such a blessed like vantage point to be able to look out over their city and be praying for it. Uh, So they're, they're, um, how many churches are connected to that house of prayer? It's more than that. Yeah, there there were like 50 or so churches connected to one house of prayer, which like, that's a lot, like especially in a nation that doesn't have a ton of Christians. So we'll talk about their unity um, in a little bit. You can go to the next slide, please. So a lot of the time that we spent in Taiwan, um, we don't have footage ready to share with you guys yet at this point in time, but um, we actually recorded a lot of the leaders in the body and um just kind of asking them questions about the history of how they got started um, or what they're currently doing in Taiwan, what are some of their prayer needs and things like that. So we got to interview so many different leaders and individuals in different houses of prayer. And it was such a blessing just to hear their story and hear what they felt like the Lord was doing in their nation. It was just a really, really special time. Um, So eventually, like, we'll have some footage to share with you guys. So I'm excited for when that comes out. Can go to the next slide. This is another house of prayer. This is Tabernacle of David in Taipei, which is at the tip top of Taiwan. Um, I think Priscilla's cousin is not in this picture, but his wife is. Uh, they're right next to Joseph. So they're um, a house of prayer that has a, a burden to pray for Israel a lot, which is very cool. And next one. All right. So this is a video. This is the kids' prayer room in Tabernacle of David, which was super precious because they have these little itty-bitty kiddos that are coming in and they're teaching them how to pray and worship with their parents. So that was that was probably one of my favorite prayer room sets that we got to participate in. Um, it was just super precious. Go to the next one. This is a prayer meeting in the Taipei 101 church. We got to lead worship for their prayer night, and they also have an incredible view. Everything in Taiwan is tall because they don't have a lot of room to spread out, so they go up. But they had a very healthy um, prayer meeting for like a weeknight. It was really encouraging just to see the strength of that church. And you can go ahead to the next one. This is another prayer uh, house of prayer in Asia. This one was called Atha. Um, or a prayer house for Asia. If you see the guy over here, he and his wife um, became missionaries as soon as they became empty nesters. So they were in their 60s, and when their kids were finally out of the house, the Lord sent them to Asia. And I just think that that's so precious because this guy has been over there for over a decade now um, serving these people in Taiwan and an island that's not his own. So I just, it's, it's amazing just to be able to meet some of these people that really love the Lord. Next slide. So this, this next one is a, uh, another prayer in Tainan called Living Waters. Um, they have uh, multiple prayer sets in different languages throughout the week. So that's kind of a cool one to visit. Okay, so that's, we'll go to the prayer topics later, um, so you can kind of uh, put pause on the slides for now, Um, but now I'm going to invite Priscilla up to share with us, so we're going to hear a little bit from each each person today, so it's kind of not your typical sermon, but there's going to be a smattering of like uh, different sharing of just kind of what 
we felt like the Lord was highlighting or most showing us in Taiwan. Um, and then we'll spend some time praying together for Taiwan at the end of our sharing. So uh, Priscilla, if you can come on up next. I was going to share at the end. Uh, okay, if you guys will turn your Bibles to Jeremiah. Let's kick it off. Becca already shared about generally a broad strokes of our trip, um, but I just kind of want to share a little insight that I got this round. Um, so Jeremiah chapter uh, uh, 2. Okay, and I'm going to skip around, but um, Jer Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, what wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless? Skip to verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, they, the fountain of living waters, and hewn out cisterns from their cells, broken cisterns that hold no water. Skip down to verse 18. And now what do you gain by going to Egypt to drink the water of the Nile or what do you gain by going to Assyria to drink the waters of the Euphrates? Your evil will chastise you, your apostasy will reprove you, know and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God. The fear of me is not in you, declares the Lord God of hosts. So a couple um, insights this round, uh, going to Asia. Um, there was a moment where Joseph was interviewing uh, probably some of the most... Um, the, the couple that moved to Taiwan that are pretty well known in the Christian communities. Um, but he was asking this kind of heartbreaking question to them that a lot of us who are Taiwanese were wondering for a long time uh, because Taiwan actually is the first nation recently to, uh, to legalize LGBTQ uh, marriage. And it's the first nation in all of Asia to do that. It's the gateway to this opening. And so all of us who are Taiwanese, when that happened, our hearts just broke uh, if we're Christian. And we're like, why Taiwan? Why our nation? Right? So he proposed that question to this uh, missionary. He said, like, why Taiwan? Why did we allow it? What happened in this nation that it became fertile ground for that? And it was a very interesting answer. Um, he said that Taiwan, out of all um, the nations of the world, has the most um, idols per capita. Um, and he said, idolatry always leads to sexual immorality. And we were like, wow. Like, that's kind of crazy. Um, anyone want to guess the number two most idol in Asia? Thailand. Very good. Thailand would be actually number two. Um, but when he said that, it kind of like stood in my mind for a long time that idolatry always leads to sexual immorality. That even as, whether personally or nationally, there's a struggle with sexual immorality. 
it is likely that there is some sort of alignment or cov- covenant or practice of idolatry in our lives. Um, so when we were traveling in Asia, one of the things that I observed, obviously if you've ever been to Taiwan, there's tons of idols, and the idols are mostly scary looking. I mean, it, you walk in and it's definitely a demon. They know it's a demon, you know it's a demon, it looks like a demon, how you would imagine a demon, right? It has like a black face, you know, all these things, they're demons, right? Um, but afterwards, we actually went to Japan for a little bit and connected with um, one of the churches there. Uh, but just realizing, I was like, well, you know, Japan seems kind of clean and nice and civil, and they probably don't have as much sexual immorality. But I was actually surprised <laughs> to find out that Japan exports a ton of pornography. But also, one of these days uh, that we were in Taiwan, when we were in Taiwan, Beck and I walked into a train, um, a subway, and the entire subway was, huh? Oh, Japan, sorry. In Japan, we walked into a subway, and the entire subway was uh, women's o- women only, like women only subway. And we were kind of like, it was kind of creepy to like walk in and there's just all these women everywhere. Not a single man, men weren't allowed on there. And I was like racking my brain, like why? Why would they do that, you know? And I found out it's because there was too much um, molestation going on in uh, the subway system that they had to separate and have an entire like subway just for women. Um, so I was like, wow, like, where is this coming from? And just realizing that um, Shintoism, um, that they do have idols. But when Taiwan, their idols are scary, while in Taiwan their idols are scary, in Japan their idols are cute. Like, and it kind of blew my mind. I was like, because I know, um, let me see how to explain this. I guess the best, I will let the Japanese people speak for themselves, actually. When we went on one of the tours to the um, Imperial Palace, the tour guide, um, who was very proud of Japan, you could tell, she goes, you know, we, we believe in Shintoism. Shintoism is our national religion. The emperor is the head of the Shinto religion. And in Shintoism, we believe that everything has a spirit, from the trees to the waters, huh? That everything is a god and everything has a spirit. And she's like, and we have taught this and we have exported this idea all across the world. She said, anyone heard of Pokemon? And she was proud of it. She's a non-Christian Japanese woman who understood very fully that their Shinto religion has influenced the world in profound ways, um, one of them being Pokemon. Like, if in today in America, if you had said, look, Pokemon is a spiritual Shinto, it has roots of, like, evil in it, don't do it, Americans would be up in arm, they're like, you're being too religious. But if you go to Japan, they're like, yay, like, they're very open about this, we're so happy that you guys have accepted our spirits, you know? <laughs> like, like, so, I mean, it, it's very open, um, you know, I was thinking about this, and there's a story in the book of, or when Paul goes to Ephesus, that um, Artemis, if you guys remember, is the god who's very popular. And the reason why they attacked Paul and came against the gospel was because the sale of Artemis um, dolls, the little like figurines that they sold all over the city, the, the value of it was going down or people weren't buying them anymore, right? And I wonder, you know, Japan actually only has, Taiwan is 6% Christian, Japan is only 1% Christian. If, um, if the gospel were to hit Japan and there was a huge revival, 
like, I wonder, like, would the Pokemon Corporation, like, come against it? You know, would the Totoro, like, Corporation come against it? Like, all these things that we've so easily swallowed. And so the reason why um, I bring this up really is, um, according to this verse, it really convicted me. Um, because I think a lot of um, us are okay with, you know, hey, it's, it looks like it, it's a cartoon, it's cute, it's fine, not just like anime, but certain things that we drink from other cultures and other worlds, right? Um, the Bible actually says, like, that when we found God worthless, wrong did you find in me that they went far from me? And they went after worthlessness. Like, you see it in Japan, like, um, it's very cool, a lot of really good food, but man, like, there was a huge pursuit um, people coming all over the world because they've watched um, and and looked at these things and now they want to be there and pursuing almost um, worthlessness. The Bible says when you pursue it with more devotion than you do the Lord, you yourself become worthless is what scripture says. And then God admonishes his people like they've forsaken living water and are hewing out and drinking other things. And where does he say this water is coming from? Like what he says in verse 19, or verse 18, what do you gain by, by going to Egypt and drinking the waters of the Nile? What do you gain by going to Syria and drinking the waters of Euphrates? What do you gain by going to Japan and drinking the waters that they have? Like uh, coming back to the living waters. Um, one last story, and then I'll switch over to Joseph. But... Um, when I was walking in a department store, I had my Jesus shirt on. And as I was walking, um, I hear this, because Japanese people are very quiet. I hear this, like, really, like, very gentle voice go, I like your shirt. <laughs> and, like, I look over, and there's this Japanese lady, very, like, and I was like, oh, are you Christian? She's like, yes, I'm a Christian. I was like, oh, there's not, I don't run into a lot of you guys here. She's like, there's not a lot of us. And, and she's like, your shirt's very encouraging to me. And I was like, oh, like, my heart just kind of, like, broke. And I just guess, like, as, you know, we live, especially young, younger generation, getting more fascinated in Japanese culture and Asian things, like, you know, hundreds of, of and millions of people come to Japan wanting to drink their waters. But coming to Asia and, and the, the church needs our prayers, the church wants us to bring the living waters to them, not just come and take their food and take their drink and take their waters, but to bring to them, they're starving for the true and living waters. They want, they're needing a break from the idolatry, that has, not a celebration of their idolatries, but to come and, and show them the living and true God. So that's what I'm sharing. <laughs> Amen. All right. What powerful sharing. Um, so I was very struck in, in our time. You know, we were in, uh, in Taiwan for almost a whole month. And kind of like Becca was sharing, you saw some pictures. You know, we uh, had been to Taiwan many, many times, you know, over the course of a decade, um, doing summer missions there and connected with a lot of people, um, doing prayer room in, in Kaohsiung and Sosan, that church that you guys saw. Um, and this time we were really blessed, as you saw on that map, to reconnect with different ministries and um, brothers and sisters all across the island. Um, but what really was precious to my heart was uh, at Sosan, that church that um, was my grandpa's church, because that's where we spent the most time when we used to go every summer. And some of the people there uh, are, are like family to me, uh, and they really truly are. They're, they're, they're family, and we've seen them growing up. Samuel was 
translating for my sister in that first picture, and you guys had a chance to meet his dad uh, last week. And, and um, I, I think it's an amazing thing because some of you got to meet his dad, and it's just like a quick kind of passing through uh, moment, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Uh, we, but I, I want to share kind of the story behind that moment because it, it truly is a miracle that he was here um, and in, in our church. Like it, it, it. Oh, yeah, who, who met Joey last week? Sorry, who got to meet Joey Samuel's dad? And some of you guys have been on missions, and you know Samuel. Um, but yeah, Joey, uh, you might have seen him. He's just this you know, uh, older Taiwanese guy who, who came through. Um, but yeah, but you may not know that, um, that his family has been praying for him for decades, decades uh, to come to know the Lord. And uh, I remember even when I was a little kid going to Taiwan for the first time and, and, and meeting him, um, yeah, he was very staunchly uh, not... Uh, wanting to accept the Lord. And his wife has this amazing testimony where she, she couldn't, um, she wanted children and, and couldn't have children. Um, it's almost like, you know, uh, Hannah's story. Um, but she prayed and we, we my sister, uh, I remember seeing her pray for, for a child and we got to meet uh, that child when we were little kids, who's Samuel, and now he's grown up. And this trip, we got to see his son, and it, it's it's incredible. Like uh, it's incredible. But um, but Samuel and his mom have been praying for uh, his dad for Samuel's entire life to come to know Jesus, and we have prayed with them too. Like every single time when we're on missions, um, praying for for their family to come to know the Lord, for their whole family to be together uh, as believers. And it's one of those prayers that like kind of you you pray, um, but you don't you know. It, it never seemed like it was possible. You know, he's very hard of heart. Um, he, you know, he's a very businessman. He's a great guy. He's a very nice guy. I love him, but he just was always very opposed to the gospel. Um, and so, but then this year, he just got baptized. And I was so encouraged to hear um, this testimony because I think, especially as people of prayer, uh, when we, we, we pray for these things, and sometimes we don't see the end of it, right? We don't see the end of it, um, but we believe and trust and have faith that those prayers God stores them, right? And so the passage I want to look at was Revelation chapter 5, and I, I love this prayer. I love this, uh, this passage, Revelation chapter 5, verse, um, verse 8. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. And this is talking about Jesus when he ascends the throne. This is the culmination of all things. Um, and uh, when he has taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I, they, they take these bowls full of incense. They're the, the prayers that have been stored up. So they, these, it's, the Bible talks about every tear um, that we shed, uh, he, he, he keeps, right? He counts it. Every prayer that we pray even if we forget it, the Lord hears it and keeps it and stores it. It is a powerful and effectual thing. And, uh, I, and so seeing Samuel's dad coming here, even though we just missed him, I, we wanted to be back so badly to, to see him here, um, but reminded me of this, this truth, that those prayers over all the decades, you know, Samuel and his mom, tears, prayers, fasting, uh, the prayers for our mission team, uh, we love Samuel. So every time we were there, we would be praying for him, uh, for his dad to come to know the Lord. Uh, we got to see the end of it. But how many times we, we don't, but we should still take these examples, the ones that we do, to remind us and exhort us uh, about the effectiveness, um, about the importance of our prayers, because they're important to the Lord. And so he, he keeps them, remembers them, stores them. They have power. Um, and so I was just so moved um, by that. And actually, I wanted, my mom wanted me to read... Um, his, uh, his message to us after he got to spend some time with you guys. And so we also want to thank you guys for um, the hospitality. Um, who knows that hospitality is a, is, a, is a gift of the Spirit, right? So, um, so he had sent us a, a message um, thanking 
you guys. Um, and it's funny because he sent all these different pictures of him uh, <laughs> being with you guys, and he was so <laughs> he was so full of joy to be able to worship with you guys. And uh, I, I just wanted to emphasize again, like, because to people who have just met him, right, he's just another guy walking through the door. But the story of the Lord working in his life over decades, uh, you, you don't get to see. But I wanted to present that to you because it's a beautiful thing, right? It's beautiful. Um, so yeah, so for even us to just receive messages from him, like, hey, I was so honored to. Um, to be with uh, your church um, and uh, and worship with them uh, is is pretty amazing. So let me find where that message is. Um, but yeah, so I'm just moved to tears by by that testimony. And so anytime that you guys uh, meet somebody, even walking through the door, again, we don't know the story of the Lord of how they've been working uh, on that person's heart and in their lives. Um, and maybe our hospitality is an answer uh, to somebody's prayer and fasting for decades. Um, and the Lord storing up those prayers and pouring them out in a bowl uh, just the moment that you meet them. Thanks a lot for the hospitalities from all the people here in Faith, Hope, Love, House of Prayer. Jefferson greeted Hank and me to... Good job, Jefferson. Cindy helped me all the way to the church and the guest house. Ken and Tweet talked to us before the sermon, where we knew Ken is an engineer who works for Honda. Yongjie, Xiaoli, a nice couple from China, shared their supporting other story during COVID. Miss Wong, who is from Taipei, uh, um, uh, Miss Wong, who's from Taipei, uh, served us fruit after the great lunch. J- uh, it's, um, uh, yeah, so Shikairin. Yeah, Shikairin. Yeah, Shikairin. Um, Johnny, little brother, this great Wan family, shared his endeavor to be a pilot. Scott, Cindy's younger brother. They both are still taking care of the poultry and working hard at 7 p.m. <laughs> Scott, thank you for taking care of the poultry. Um, so yeah, uh, before the service, song sang by Sharia and guitar by Steve were so touching and nice hearing. Anna, Cindy's mother, humble yet devoting, helped everyone through the great food of lunch. These all brought me a wonderful morning, and I'm now lying in the cozy room thanking God to bring me here meeting these good people in Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's beautiful to me to, to hear and see that. And so thank you guys. Uh, and again, in the exhortation that our prayers, wow, it's powerful and it works. If you'd asked most of us probably, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, last time, you know, through the mission trips, you know, uh, you know, would we see a moment like this? And I, I don't think we would have said that we would have. Um, but, uh, but yeah, praise the Lord. Um, because yeah, God hears our prayers and he moves at the sound of our voice. So uh, thank you guys for the hospitality. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm going to give it to, to Becca. Yeah, isn't that so encouraging? I think it's so cool to me to see that because for us, like, you know how if you live with someone and every day you see them, you can't tell if they've like gained weight, lost weight, because you see them every day. So like those gradual changes, it's like, I don't see them, but somebody who's not seen you in years is like, oh. Like Weaver, <laughs> Weaver, Weaver cleaned up a lot when we were gone. Apparently, <laughs> but um, I I think it's so encouraging because so many of us have family members that we're praying for in the prayer room all the time, and to see that like sometimes it takes like ten, twenty years to actually see that answer. 
Like that's encouraging. It's like just, it's like so hard when you're in the throes of it because it does look very hopeless and you can't see any progress. But like to see the Lord's faithfulness over the years, it's like, yeah, our God is faithful and he's good. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit uh, briefly, just there were some, oh, sorry, before, so before I jump into my sharing, I meant to say this in the beginning and I got a little ahead of myself, but I just want to take time to acknowledge and to thank each one of you guys for holding down for it here in the house of prayer while we were gone. Thank you so much. I know so many of you guys cooked extra or cleaned extra or like mowed our lawn. Um, all of these things like took extra sets in the prayer room. Like I saw a picture of G and Hope and like Aaron and Cindy. I was like, is that, are they on microphones? Like, and they were. And I was just so proud of you guys and so encouraged to see that. And so I'm so thankful to each one of you and we miss you guys a lot and we're so happy to be back with you. Um, yeah, that deserves a round of applause, but I especially want to highlight Cindy because Cindy has gone on missions to Taiwan as well. And some of the people in the Taiwanese church, when we told them, they're like, man, you guys are all here. Who's running the church? And I was like, Cindy. Cindy's in charge of everything. They were like, she is? Because they remember Cindy. And even Mark Lou, for those of you guys that remember him back, you know, 10 plus years ago, Mark would church in Asia recovering from COVID because they faced in some parts a lot stricter restrictions than we did in, in America. And so it's, when we talk about how important it is to not forsake the gathering together of believers, like it really is important because there's some people that unfortunately, because they just kind of stopped going to church for a number of years, it totally, it basically shipwrecked their faith and they're not walking with the Lord anymore. And so it's just, that's to me kind of just a strong reminder that like we need each other to spur one another on and be like, Hey, don't let your heart get hard. Like, I know you're angry. I know you're bitter. I know you're hurt. Like, keep coming before the Lord. Keep coming into this body, into this family, because we need each other so that our hearts don't grow cold towards him and towards one another. Um, so that was just kind of something that I wanted to, to touch on. The last thing I just, um, I wanted to share more on a personal note. If you guys will turn with me to Luke chapter 7. Verses 36 to 50. Luke 7, 36 to 50. It says, One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the home of the Pharisee and took his place at the table. A woman who lived in that town, a sinner, who was aware that he was eating in the home of the Pharisee, brought an alabaster box of very expensive perfume, stood behind Jesus at his feet and wept until her tears began to wet his feet. Then she wiped his feet with her own hair, kissed his feet and poured the perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw what was going on, he said to himself, if this man were really a prophet, he would have known who is touching him and what sort of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to say to you. Say it, Rabbi, he replied. 
A certain creditor had two debtors, the one owed 10 times as much as the other. When they were unable to pay him back, he canceled both of their debts. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. Your judgment is right, Jesus said to him. Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me water for my feet, but this woman has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but from the time I arrived, this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but this woman poured perfume on my feet. Because of this, I tell you that her sins, which are many, have been forgiven because she loved much. But someone who has been forgiven only a little loves only a little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. At this, those eating with him began saying among themselves, who is this fellow that presumes to forgive sins? But he said to the woman, your trust has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. So um, for me personally, like going to Taiwan, I don't really have obviously the same experience that like Priscilla and her family do because I don't have family over there. I did not grow up over there. I'm not ethnically Chinese. And if, if, you know, truth be told, the only reason I wound up in Taiwan is because basically God tricked me the first time into going. When I um, was younger, I wanted to do missions, but I wanted to go anywhere but Asia. And I would have gone to Africa or South America, really anywhere in the world, but I really didn't want anything to do with Asians or Asia. And in the grace and the mercy of God, he brought me there. And so when I go to Taiwan... I am struck by the Lord's faithfulness in my life because the first time that I went there, I really was very confident in myself that I loved Jesus so much. And I got there and was just slapped in the face with the reality that I didn't love people. And in first John, he says, if you don't love your brother who you see, how can you love God whom you've not seen? And that was like, a really rough trip for me initially. And I was by far, I'm not exaggerating it. I was probably, I was easily the most selfish person on that mission team. Yes. Priscilla, Priscilla can testify. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to be funny. That's just, that is really how it was. And to top it all off, like I, I legitimately just, I had grown up around Chinese people and I legitimately hated Chinese people more than anyone else in the world. I just, with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I hated them. Yes, many, many reasons. But anyway, the, the point is that now for, you know, for me to go, like I, you know, remember being, you know, I was so, we were all sleeping like sardines in one room for the mission team. And I remember just hearing the chatter of like Chinese in the background at like one in the morning. And it's so like, it's like hot and I can't sleep. And there's all this like language going on that I can't understand. And I'm just up to here because I can't stand 
stand being around people because my capacity to love them was so small that I just stormed upstairs and I slept on the roof by myself in the heat, like to get away from everyone. Like it was not a pretty situation. And so for me to go back and remember just the ugliness of my own sin was actually such a blessing because Sometimes I think that the longer we walk with the Lord, it's really easy for us to transition from the woman with the alabaster jar who knows she's a sinner to the Pharisee who's like, actually, I think I'm doing pretty well. And when the Lord in his mercy and his kindness redeems parts of our lives that were utterly broken our hearts so quickly turn and our minds turn to give the credit like to ourselves and not to the Lord. And so it's so important, I think, for, and I'm so grateful for the Lord reminding me, but I think it's so important for us to just remember where the Lord has brought us from because I think that that has so much power to guard our hearts against self-righteousness and against pride. And I think that for me, you know, if I see like the Pharisee, In the story here, if I'm in a position where I'm looking down on others with condemnation or accusation, or, you know, conversely, you're looking at someone else's worship unto God, and you're like, well, that seems a little much, right? Like, those are indicators in our hearts when we're not giving him this lavish offering, like, that we don't actually appreciate how much we've been forgiven. And... The old, you know, the longer we walk with the Lord, I think our sin is is more difficult to discern and to identify because it's not as overt. You know, it's no longer like, okay, I know I have a problem with drugs or this or that, but now it's like, oh, I actually have a lot of pride in my heart. And I actually think that I have the right to tell God what to do and to evaluate his leadership in my life or in the world. And So I think it's so gracious of God to give us community so that we can pull those splinters out of our eyes that we can't see. Like we can help each other and pull those splinters out. But I'm so thankful um, just for Jesus doing this, like just to to remind me personally um, where he brought me from and just to give my own heart grace to, to lay things down and to love him more wholeheartedly and to love people well with more grace. Um, and I think that the, the last thought I want to leave us with before we go into time of prayer is that like, for me, like you guys have seen that, like I go a million miles a minute. And if I don't have something to do, I'm like, I'll find something to do. Cause I don't sit still very well. So for me to be away from everything for a month and to have nothing to do, like was, you know, just, just a good reminder from the Lord that like, he really doesn't need us in the sense that he, you know, we're not adding unto him, but we get the privilege and the blessing of joining him in what he's doing because he wants the fellowship and he wants the relationship with us. So those are just some of the things that I was blessed by both, you know, in seeing what God is doing in the church in Taiwan, um, but also just in like having the Lord just touch and remind my heart of his love and his faithfulness. Um, so that's just kind of what I wanted to encourage you guys with. But um, now we're actually going to go, um, we're going to go into a time of small group prayer. So if you can pull up that last slide, Emily, on the Canva. Um 
We want to pray for a couple of things. As, you know, as Priscilla shared, like Japan is like 1% Christian, you know, and, you know, obviously there's some, you know, idols of Shintoism or Buddhism that are mixed in there, but there's also like, they are a very wealthy nation and they pride themselves on being very excellent in a lot of things. Um, and so that's another barrier to the gospel. So we want to spend a little bit of time praying for Taiwan and Japan, um, and so there's a few prayer points, but, you know, as we gather into small groups, you can pray for really whatever the Lord puts on your heart. But one of the things that we want to pray for is we want to pray that God would set people free from idolatry to serve the living God. Um, and then we also want to pray for missionaries and the church that's already in Taiwan and Japan, um, praying for the church to continue growing in unity, in love, and in boldness, that God would um, just, yeah, just root them and ground them in love. So um, I want to invite you guys now, we're going to take a few minutes just to break off into um, small groups of, you know, find two or three people around you, and we're going to pray for Taiwan and Japan, Um, and then we'll probably close with a little time of worship here. Okay, America too, America does need a lot of prayer. Yes. Amen.